0: British Wrestling Spotlight on theindycorner.com. I'm Benno.
1: And I'm Joe.
2: And I'm JP.
0: And it's a very special edition of British Wrestling Spotlight. We're talking the best in Brit Res for 2017. So who better to draft in than the former host of British Audio Wrestling, our good friend Martin Bushby. Martin, how's it going?
3: It's going great. Thanks sir, for inviting me on again. And uh, I mean, what a year it has been for British and European wrestling 2017. I can't wait to talk some of the many highlights
0: absolutely it's been a great year podcasting with all you guys any anything that jumps out for you as, as a year maybe aside from wrestling before we get into the wrestling chat guys
1: probably been to the most shows i've ever been to in a year that's for sure mm. yep um
2: in terms of the year in general um we're still having brexit and uh, and donald trump's still president so but until <laughs> we we'll forget we'll forget all about that um yeah. I suppose one of the, um, like Joe just said, uh, it's been the amount of shows that we've been to and the amount of promotions there are to go to. Um, mm-hmm. You really are spoilt for choice these days.
0: Yeah, that's it. I think I was on at the Progress Show in Sheffield last weekend. People were telling me the the amount of shows they've been to this year. I've been to, I believe it's around thirty five, which in any other year sounds like a lot, but you hear people saying seventy and and one hundred and crazy numbers like that. Can you believe that's possible this year?
2: No, it's insane, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, we we added ours up, and it was in sort of mid forties in well, general, but. And that's that's absolutely wild. Insane for me, like (laughs) yeah. You know, I could have gone to more but at the
1: same time, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm burnt out on wrestling at all, but that's a lot of show. That's a lot of time
2: to commit to wrestling. It is. Yeah. It's nice to have a kind of couple of weeks off before unboxing. If we get tickets. If we get tickets.
0: (laughs) Right. So uh, let's get into the the year of Brit Res that it has been in 2017. Martin, do you want to take us through the categories we're going to discuss today?
3: Yeah, indeed. Uh, we've got five categories for this uh, part one of the show. Um, first category is Breakthrough of the Year, so someone who has really excelled this year in playing great performances and really seen the stock rise in 2017. Um, we've got Import of the Year. Uh, this is obviously someone who's come to Europe from the rest of the world and put on fantastic matches promotion of the year best company in europe you know putting the most consistent shows all year round, and and then finally match of the year one match that really captured uh, everyone's imaginations and made us say this is the best wrestling we've seen all year and you know that'll certainly say something after you guys talking about how many shows you've been to and stuff i bet it was hard to narrow down a uh, one single match for everybody so it'll be interesting to see what um everyone's picked there and uh, so without further ado jp's going to kick us off with our first category breakthrough star of the year
2: okay yep yeah. um first category as you say martin breakthrough star of the year um really sport for choice mm. on this one loads to go through probably the most heated of the discussions that we kind of had between us partly because there are so many great talents that have broken through this year in, in, sort of, in within European wrestling. Mm. My choice I went for, and it was partly um, based on where they are now compared to the start of the year, um, are the Best Boys, CCK. And I'm thinking here of the Lycos Brooks variety. So that was that's my choice. Um, Joe, who have you gone with? Yeah, I've gone for CCK
1: as well, actually. Um, I think The first show I went to this year was uh, the Attack Club Pro Show at the Fiction. And I knew Chris Brooks was. I've seen him a couple of times before. No idea who Lycos was. And there was this tag team there called CCK. And they were freaking awesome. And then they've been, you know, prominent for the rest of the year. And they've grown over the course of the year, obviously with a few little injury problems here and there. But they seem to be everywhere now. They've created possibly the most recognizable brand. In British wrestling as well, their merchandise is everywhere. I've seen people just walking around in my sort of everyday life wearing CCK merchandise as well, which to me is a real testament of how much they've been able to grow the brand and how kind of recognizable that branding as CCK has kind of become as well. So for me, they've had really good matches as well everywhere they've been. And they've really made their mark everywhere. So yeah, for me, I couldn't really give it to anyone else but CCK. They also seem like they're sort of on the cusp of possibly getting bookings elsewhere as well. Be interesting to see if they go to New Orleans this year. That's for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I think, it, like you just made raised a good point there, Joe, on the the branding of it with CCK. Mm-hmm. It seems a it's a huge part of it, isn't it? It just being who who knew that being a, just a nice person on Twitter and being approachable to fans would it kind of <laughs> would get you over, doesn't it? The last couple of years, I know last year. Um, British Strong Style did a, a very similar thing. It's just those kind of wrestlers who, who put the effort in there, it really does make a difference, doesn't it?
2: It's it's pretty incredible with them as a, as a tag team, how they've become, in every promotion they've gone to, give or take, they are the, part of the cornerstones of those promotions. <laughs> so within Progress, for a long time, we were waiting for them to debut in Progress, and it kind of feels like that's one of the places where, where they should be. Obviously, Attack, and their involvement within attack um, in terms of se- in terms of running it as a company, um, Fight Club Pro, Rev Pro, they've been they've been a part of. Obviously, in terms of a different dynamics, it's more Brooks and Banks, but um, it's it, you know they are everywhere, aren't they? You can't really avoid them if you're going to see any any I shows. shows we've been into this year? But they've not been on in some form
1: it as well. They, they seem yeah. to be. Working yeah. their asses off and getting everywhere whenever they can. And one thing, said about them being nice guys as well, one thing I found quite endearing and quite a nice touch was me and JP were chatting to Chris Brooks after an attack show at one point, And he just said to us, What was your opinion on the show? And he sort of genuinely wanted our opinion. It was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of cool. He actually sort of really values the opinion of people who would go into these shows as well and wants a little bit of input. And he was very sort of considerate, wasn't he? When yeah. he was just chatting to us about it and sort of took what we were saying um, quite nicely, and we had a conversation. It's, it's that sort of thing that, yeah, it does indeed to someone as well. That doesn't mean that I should be getting my vote for Breakthrough based on that alone. <laughs> but at the same time, it does show, you know, partly
2: why there is so much goodwill towards them. For sure. Martin, who's your choice for Breakthrough Star of the Year?
3: Um, I mean, like you guys noted there, there has been tons of breakthrough stars. I could think, um, you know, loads off the top of my head. I mean, certainly Omari's had a cracking year. Josh Bottom sort of like really, really jumped up there. But for me, um, it had to be Charlie Morgan. I mean, she's been wrestling for five years and has appeared for companies all over Europe. But this was under a different guise as Penelope. And mm. she started the year changing her old character and her name, uh, made her debuts for Red Pro and Progress, you know, two of the biggest promotions in Europe on great matches, no matter where she's appeared. I mean, um, it's really a work with Pro Wrestling Eve that's really made me and uh, quite a lot of other people stand up and take notice. I mean, she's had some incredible matches with the likes of Kaylee Ray, and and then even coming back from a really serious injury to win the Eve tournament she won uh, at the tail end of this year, and the reaction she got when she pinned Sammy Jane after doing this insane dive from the balcony in the Resistance Gallery is, uh, is absolutely amazing. I mean, the crowd got absolutely ballistic, and I think it'll be a Onwards and upwards for her in uh, 2018.
0: Uh, JP, you were at the She won final, weren't you? Yes. That, that was a big moment for her.
2: Absolutely. And the thing is, she came across as the biggest star in the room. Like, of, of everyone that was there, she was the one who they were naturally behind. Um, they, uh, you know, the when she won, the pop was absolutely electric and the way they'd kind of laid it out the match in terms of playing into the injury that she'd had before her coming away, uh, being taken away and then coming back in. Um, And it's, and in terms of you talking with breakthrough stars, and again, there's so many to mention, but what's notable about, about her is, is how quickly she has become. If there is a face of the company, at this point, she has become the, the face of, of Pro Wrestling Eve, and she is going to be headlining at your call um, next May. So it, in terms of how much of a bigger star she is, I mean, she had some mainstream publicity as well, along with the, the promotion in general, um, and her work. Um, in terms of the matches, those of you who aren't, aren't familiar with Charlie Morgan, she's really uh, absolutely well worth seeking out.
0: For sure. Um, okay, well, moving on to, to my breakthrough star of the year, um, names that haven't came up yet. Aussie Open, uh, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis, a team that just seemed to have kind of, obviously, they came over to the country, they trained over here. But, you know, this time last year, who knew those names? Mark Davis is somebody who'd been around, I believe, he even did PWG 10 odd years ago. Um, yeah. But it's crazy because, I mean, me and you, Martin, we do, used to do the other podcast, British Audio Wrestling. And I remember the first time Ollie brought up the team as he'd seen them in Attack and possibly Fight Club Pro, and he was raving about them. And mm. I was lukewarm on them at first, but as the years gone on, they've gotten around everywhere. They've done, you know, Rev Pro, they've started to debut at Progress, and ended the year in Progress, and what I would probably consider their breakout match, um, just having you know, in the face of the snow that we talked about in our last show, they were, they really, really did well out of it in having a great match with the Grizzled Young Vets and they, they went from a team I think Progress probably looked a, as a prelim act to, I think they're definitely going to get behind them in 2018 uh, I know on the last show, Joe, you kind of referred to them as being a, a modern day Steen and Generico and You know, aside from the obvious body type uh, comparisons that might be there as well, it it feels apt, doesn't it? They're a a great team, and I'd expect they were on some of you guys' honourable mentions as well
1: yeah they've got the act like completely down haven't they in terms of sort of the move and the way they work sort of double team spots into the matches as well mm-hmm. they've had some really good matches in the last sort of six months or so since they've been over here mm-hmm. kyle fletcher being so young as well i think we forget about yeah. his age at times isn't he only 19
0: so, that, yeah
1: that's insane considering as well and they, they've had good singles matches as well it's not just as a tag team but they've really kind of established themselves. I think you've se- I've seen them have good singles matches in Attack, in Fight Club Pro, and I think there's a lot more to come for these guys. So, did you see they've got their York Hall debut coming up in 2018 as well? Wow. Well, they've placed Sonata and Evil, who I assume are going to be the IWGP tag team mm. champions by that point as well. So, oh, wow. So that's a huge match for them. It's almost like uh, you know the ice is on the cake of what they've done since they came over it, really,
2: I think. Absolutely. And I think one of the things, um, when they came over, I remember we saw um, Carl Fletcher for the first time in sort of a a dark match before the first time that they ran the Starworks, and he was in that. And he was kind of, you know, very, very raw. And then you think they've only been here for six months, and the time that Carl Fletcher has has improved. And then they had the match between them, which I think was for attack on their Thursday night throws, and that kind of stood out. And then they had the same match in Fight Club Pro, and then obviously they work they work well as a team. You can see both of them doing um, you know becoming single stars as well um, in their own ways. So does this speak to the Travis Banks and the Midlands influence, the Midlands and I
1: don't know like Australasian, Oceania <laughs> influence upon the Midlands <laughs> scene as well? Because you've got these guys living in I think Wolverhampton. Mm-hmm. You've got Travis Banks there, seasoning, helping to season them. I know Mark Davis does take some classes himself at the Fight Club Pro School. Uh, Then you've got CCK that we mentioned, who are Midlands-based as well. So it just seems like a real – you could argue 2016 was a breakout year for the Midlands, but 2017 seems to have furthered that kind of Midlands crossover with Oceania in some weird way. That's it.
0: I mean, speaking of the Midlands, I mean, on if anyone has any honorable mentions, just one I wanted to throw out yeah. there was Omari. I uh, couldn't do one of those lists without mentioning him. We were a little bit lukewarm on his uh, Infinity title, uh, Infinity Trophy win, um, yep. but still a, a breakout year for him. Josh Bodham's another one. I don't know if he appeared on any of you guys' at honorable mentions or is someone you gave some thought, um, or is it just the case of I'm just very frustrated. He's as good as he's ever been, and it's just frustrating that he's not working anywhere else.
3: Well, I think it's been, that. I think it's exactly that, Benno. It's like bottom he, he certainly had a breakout 2016. He's carried on true. being good this year, but he's not sort of like, he's not gone any further than he was at the sort of like end of 2016, has
1: he? It's amazing as well, because, you know, everyone, if you're a regular listener, this knows how much Boda is one of my favourite guys out there. And it, it's two years now where he's had two great years and he's still not getting booked really any prominent promotions sort of red pro like what he must have done at progress he must have murdered someone backstage that night <laughs> or attempted murder because seriously what this bloke has got to do to get booked in the more prominent promotions at this point I just don't know because I can't see what else he needs to add to his game because he seems to have at this stage of his career kind of everything he needs to carry on but hey let's hope 2018 <laughs> we start seeing him work
2: in other yeah, places.
4: For sure.
2: And I think a couple of the other honourable mentions, I know that there was, um, that we had down. Martin, you had Scotty Davis?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the first time I've seen him this year. He was on an OTT Scrapper Mania 3 show back in April, and he, he had a great match with Jigsaw, like loads of charisma, some great high flying. I mean, obviously, he's been mainly working in OTT, but he could. Easily be Ireland's answer to Will Ospreay, I'd say, in 2018, if he wants to make a comparison mm. with someone. and um, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes, and uh, I'd love to see him appearing on more shows in England and around the rest of Europe. So hopefully everyone else is uh, jumping on the Scotty Davis uh, <laughs> bandwagon by this time next year. Have you seen
1: Curtis Murray as well? Another
3: um, yeah, I've seen we saw him yeah, in yeah, Belfast. <laughs>
2: He looks really impressive as well. The a uh, couple of matches I've seen of his so far. Well, one of the things I think is going to be a common theme throughout the night is, is obviously because we're all based in the UK, so we are kind of subject to seeing you know UK based talent the vast majority of the time, with um, some imports coming in from Ireland and and from um, Europe as well. Mm. But one of the things you do hear from people, um, kind of you know, people who's who've got generally very good opinions about about the state of of British and European wrestling is the strength, the strength and depth of the Young Irish talent coming through, which me and Joe had a chance to see when we went over for WrestleRama, for their two shows um, as well, and about how uh, a lot of the stars had, had kind of come on. Even Adam Maxted, who um, mm. certainly, if nothing else, he, he certainly has that look and that presence about him as well. Um, also as well, I suppose, Ilya Dragunov, Would he be um, somebody who we'd be thinking of as as a breakthrough star? And it it makes me annoyed that I don't have enough time in my life to watch WXW as much (laughs) as I should do. Um, But it is. I mean, and they're doing fantastic things all round. Um, Another name as well, um, another couple of names to mention. Benno, you had mentioned Eddie Dennis Mm. as as having um, a real breakthrough year at the moment.
0: Yeah, I just think with Eddie Dennis, I think it's the fact that it's the it's this new character it's this new lease on life that he's got as somebody who's now doing wrestling full-time the fact that he is now he's doing this heel role in progress that he's doing really great stuff with he's doing this long-term story and road pro that's that's really good as well and yeah i think we on our last show we kind of encapsulated it with uh i think it was you joe that was saying that who would have imagined that you'd see eddie dennis headlining at a progress show and you'd be relatively happy with it a year ago I wouldn't have seen him in that role. And yeah, so just as far as breakthrough goes, I think we're going to see more of him next year. But yeah, certainly I thought he was a, a name worth mentioning as well.
2: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And one more name to mention. We mentioned him last month on the show because he's um, recently become a champion, but Curtis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Massive fan. I wouldn't say he's obviously really established himself this year.
1: He's been given that belt and Red mm-hmm. Pro. I, I think 2018 of he is breakthrough year. It depends yeah. on what your criteria of breakthrough is. I, you know, it's a bit foggy. Um, for me, I think, yeah, he's had a really great year, but has he broken through in terms of being, um, you know, in more promotions than he was previously? Yeah. Um, he started to break away from that young boy gimmick, obviously, and I think he's had a, lo- a great last month of the year, but I think we'll truly see him break out going into
2: 2018. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, um, at this point, Joe, I'm going to pass it over to you and you're going to, um, Tell us your import of the year. Yeah, so um, import of the year.
1: I wanted to introduce this and sort of talk generally about imports that have come into, well, have worked in, on the UK scene this year. Last year, 2016, for me, there was no one who was better than Chris Hero, mm. uh, and he was here all the time. He wrestled an insane amount of matches last year before going back to the WWE. Um, but this year, I've really worried uh, who's going to take that hero kind of mantle this year. Is there going to be anyone who can sort of, you know, slot into hero's position? And a year ago, for me, Keith Lee was just a guy who was in uh, a, a tag team in Ring of Honor. And I, I was quite impressed by him in that tag team with Shane Taylor. But this year, he's really come over here and made his mark but there's one man who I would put just ahead of Keith Lee, I think. And that man sort of started wrestling in the UK, I think, in November last year. This was his first booking for Progress mm-hmm. when he faced Will Ospreay. And he really picked it up and sort of ran with it from there. And that's Matt Riddle, who I think's had an absolutely amazing year in the UK. Consistent matches up and down the country in a variety of promotions as well. If you look through the promotions, he's worked in the UK this year seems like the only kind of prominent recognised promotion that he's not worked is ICW he's been everywhere else and he's really delivered everywhere
2: he's been I think Yeah, have to absolutely agree with you, I mean I, I think it'd be wrong of me to go for anyone else other than Matt Riddle mm. um, he's, in terms of the, the, the matches he's had and, and the sheer consistency of the matches he's had, it's, it's hard to think of matches which have disappointed but also as well it's the fact that when he wrestles local stars he seems to elevate them as well to to, to his level and you think of i mean uh, the match he had with travis banks um at progress uh, that you went to um at the ballroom last month joe um some of the matches we, we've seen with him um and volta and well, they had a great series absolutely all over the world this year haven't they brilliant series there um yeah and and this is a guy who i mean let's be honest about it if there was any kind of justice in the world he'd be one of the top guys in one of the two major promotions in the world because he could fit into that and i know it sounds a bit a bit glib but this is someone who frankly with the right kind of push should be headlining a mania yeah uh, that's that's you know that's how how good i think he personally is
3: I mean, it, it has to be Matt Riddle, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, Joe, you know, were there like uh, last year? It was Chris Hero, and then Matt Riddle. Had, he did just make his debut, for progress in that incredible match with Osprey, and it yeah, seemed it was like, well, North this Denver is the last year. Yeah, this is the guy who's going to be uh, taking the uh, import mantle over from Chris Hero, and he's certainly done that. I mean, he kicked off the year, didn't he, with that uh, fantastic match against Shibata for Red Pro, and he's never looked back. Really, he comes across to the UK all the time and has great matches, and um Like you noted there, JP always makes his opponents look absolutely fantastic, whether... You know, it's against a fellow import in Jeff Cobb or you know uh, Justin Sizem or Ishii for Red Pro. I mean, he can wrestle anybody, and uh, never, never, ever has a bad match. Really, does he? Benno?
0: No, that's it. And again, but Matt Riddle was gonna be my vote as well. but just <laughs> just to avoid maybe the repetition because I mean, it's obvious it's Matt Riddle, isn't it? I mean, that's he's the import of the year. No one's came close. He's had incredible matches everywhere he's gone. He's been over in the country. It feels more than he's been out of the country. Um, and and he's just he's just that good. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and we're, we're so lucky to to get to see him we're up close and personal um, at, our, at our live shows. And like uh, Joe mentioned, with Chris Hero disappearing last year, it's if Matt Riddle ever ever goes, I think that'll leave a big hole in a, in British wrestling. Despite him not being a Brit, and I think that's what makes you know uh, some of the import of the year for me. And just to play devil's advocate, I mean I, I, the other people I did consider Keith Lee, um, another person who. Again, last year when he was in Ring of Honor, he, he had a fun tag team and I was aware of who he was. But it's this indie run he's had both over here in the US that's just... Keith Lee is one of the hottest acts in wrestling and you never would have pointed at that guy in Ring of Honor and said that about him. Um, he's just been absolutely awesome this year his match with Omari a Fight Club bro that we were all there for that was that was really I think a really breakthrough moment for Omari I think it was massive for him it was the perfect big guy underdog match and and a big part of why that match worked so well was Keith Lee but yeah I think it's just Matt Riddle's the obvious boat but You know, there have been other good people this year. I think David Starr is another person who, you know, import can be a dirty word, can't he? Um, But he's someone who, a bit like Riddle, seems to live here half the time. But he improves every single show that he's on. He's now a heel in RevPro, and he's great at that role as well. So definitely want to mention David Starr and Keith Lee. But being honest, it's probably Matt Riddle. A
1: couple of points I wanted to make on Riddle as well is... You think of uh, his trajectory this year. He won that Progress Atlas belt in mm-hmm. January. Was um, that the first Progress show of the year? I think it was in Birmingham. So the first show of the year, he wins that belt. Um, and then in December of this year, he's faced with Zack Sabre Jr. in a really good match in rep Pro as well. Right. So if you look at his trajectory over the year, he wins that belt. He takes that belt around the world of him and every promotion he goes to. So he's really sort of repping progress. He's repping the UK scene everywhere he goes. But it's also the sheer variety of matches he's had everywhere if you look at his Rev Pro matches against Shibata against Ishii, against Minoru Suzuki It's facing a range of New Japan opponents right there, he's delivering against all of them, look at WXW and the sheer range of matches he's having over sort of condensed periods in WXW I know that he did the um, the kind of more MMA shoot style focused uh, tournament that they do there where he did a completely different style of match on a day that he then went and wrestled Volta uh, in another a great match as well so it's the actual work ethic and the kind of the variety in style that he's able to employ in such a short space of time as well it's absolutely seamless on his part and i think he's just a real credit um to this scene at the moment and it will be a sad day once he does probably sign for wwe and we never get to see him on the shores in in an indie match ever again <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and I think also, I mean, you were talking about it earlier on about the the idea of import being a dirty word. So I think it kind of almost gives that impression of the kind of ex WWE guy who came over, who would come over as an easy way to it's cash in on their name.
0: The one PW <laughs> generation, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like you know, the the, the people we've mentioned so far um, in terms of Riddle. Um, David Starr. I mean, there's a couple of honourable mentions as well to say for like Volta mm. who was very, very close.
0: Does up he count though? Is it, is it? It's difficult because I mean we're talking yeah. about this as. Is- I mean, we tend to cover Brit Rez, but we do, you know, we talk Germany as well. I know he's he's some people's, I suppose, European restaurant of the year. We're going to hear some yep. some voicemails from some people picking him. Uh, he has spent a lot of time in Britain as well. Uh, the, mm. the lines have never been more fuzzy, have they, on, on what's an import and what isn't.
1: Yeah, and I think when it comes to sort of uh, consideration of flights and stuff. How much more does it cost to get a flight from Germany as a flight from Ireland? And would we consider Jordan Devlin and Martina who are here all the time oh, in port? So I don't yeah. think we would, would we really? So I just think Europe almost becomes um, plural at this point when it comes to British wrestling as a whole. Yeah. Um, from for me anyway, it does. Mm. I don't know about you
2: guys. Yeah. I I know one guy we have to count as an import who, um, again, when we see him, he is an event and someone who we've said on the show as well might end up being Rev Pro champion at some point in 2018 because God knows New Japan aren't going to use him at the Dome properly. But that's Tomohiro Ishii, who, um, whenever he's come over to the U.K., um he's absolutely stood out. And obviously this year is is one of those years as well, particularly with the match he had against Keith Lee. Yeah, that, um just being outstanding.
0: Keith Lee match, the Riddle match, both of those yes. matches are you know, matches that I was considering for a match of the year, and that's the one thing I'd say on imports this year again. Although it can be a dirty word, and although there is a maybe a bad taste just from those one PW mm-hmm. years when there were just too many imports. So many on matches of the year had two imports on, and it was fine. It felt like It was part of the scene. It was part of Brit Rez. That's just what it is now. The best wrestlers in the world uh, are in our our best promotions.
1: Would you say that? Because we've mentioned Matt Riddle and Keith Lee as kind of really, it sounds like our one and two here. Mm. And Keith Lee and Matt Riddle had a match in Rev Pro this year that was absolutely amazing in front of 150 people at the cockpit. And that just seemed very, not ordinary, but I wasn't questioning it as an import match. I was just thinking, fuck me, this is brilliant, and I'm one of 150 people right up beside the ring. JP's
2: kids, on the other hand, couldn't have been less interested, could they? (laughs) It doesn't doesn't matter what dream matches I take them to now at this point. Indifferent at best. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I'm surprised, Benno, you didn't have um, Sabu in there. The, well,
0: uh... yeah, for the, the Sabu <laughs> <laughs> appearance. I mean, he came, he threw some chairs around, and then he he went. He probably went to the local bootle pub. Good night's work for him. Not quite sure it makes him import of the year, but a good, uh, <laughs> honest little tour that he had. I think he's still owed some money by uh, Lucha Forever in Sabu. so he might still be somewhere in the country. Maybe he's not an import anymore. Maybe he just lives here full time.
1: Hopefully. What about Scott Hall as the WAW commissioner and uh, on the touring uh, Working Man's Club circuit this year doing speeches?
2: There's a shout there as well.
0: So, speaking of imports, Martin, you sat down with a man who's had an incredible 2017 the import killer, Jordan Devlin. Let's listen in.
3: Champion, the import killer, and all around ace of OTT wrestling, Jordan Devlin. Jordan, thanks for joining us today.
5: No problem, no, thanks for having me on.
3: Now, I mean, you've had a fantastic 2017. I mean, so much has happened in your wrestling career. I mean, but I really want to start with your home promotion of over-the-top wrestling in Ireland. I mean, you had great matches for them all year. I mean, most notably with the likes of David Starr, Moose and Mark Haskins. I mean, it's been a great year for you, not only, but for the company as a whole. I mean, some of your favorite moments with OTT this year.
5: Uh, yeah, it's been a great year for the company. It's been great to see them um, come along and leaps and bounds. Um, some of my favourite matches in LTT this year. Um I think the Moose match was a real turning point for me. Uh up until then I was, you know, getting a bit of stick from the crowd and stuff and uh they kind of flipped mid match and started cheering for me and uh from then on I just went from strength to strength, really.
3: I mean you debuted a new character in LTT this year, the import killer. I mean, what was your inspiration for that and how did that all come about then?
5: Um, the import killer thing kinda of just came about because uh I noticed I was the only Irish guy in the uh, upper card to main event kind of scene, and uh, OTT were bringing in uh, the kind of the best wrestlers from England and America and around Europe to um, to face me, and uh, I went on a bit of a, a streak, so I just started calling myself the, the import killer.
3: Mm, fantastic. I mean, um, as, I mean, you noted there that OTT has used um, a number of imports this year, but also on top of that, there's... Um there's a lot of new Irish wrestlers coming through. I mean, just Scotty Davis and Curtis Murray, just to name a, a couple there. I mean, have you been um, helping these new guys uh, develop and uh, sort of mentoring them? I mean, you're essentially like the uh, grizzled veteran of uh, OTT at only 27 <laughs> years of age.
5: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I feel like a veteran. I've had 15 years. I'm a bit. Um. Yeah, I hope if um, I hope I have the kind of effect on them that guys uh, ahead of me had when I was coming up, you know, uh, like Paul Tracy and Fergal Devitt. If I have half the effect on them that they had on me, I'll be uh, I'll be really lucky. There's a couple of guys, apart from the two you uh, Curtis and David Scott, uh, Scotty Davis, um, Nathan Martin, I think, has a massive future, and um, Michael May as well. I think those four guys could be the, the next generation of uh, top Irish wrestler.
3: Alright, well, I definitely look forward to uh, seeing them in uh, 2018. I mean, um There's noted at the start in the intro. I mean, you're seen by a lot of the fans as there's the ace of OTT. I mean, there are you know there's a lot of elements that make the promotion work, but you've been consistently having great matches each time at each show. I mean, do you feel a lot of pressure to keep uh, topping yourself at each different show?
5: Um, I feel that any sort of pressure that's on me comes from myself. Really, um, I don't. I to be honest with you, coming away from the WWE UK tournament at the start of the year, I was massively disappointed in my own personal performance. Um, so that kind of lit a fire under me. I wanted to prove to everybody that might have been the first time they saw me that that wasn't all I had to offer. Um, so that kind of kick-started my year, and um, it gave me. A, it was a good thing. It gave me exposure in England. and got me back on the uh, UK independent scene and um, you know, kind of like kick-started my career again. So I just wanted to... to prove myself that I had more than I showed in the WWE UK tournament. So that's why I went on the run of matches that I I did.
3: I mean, yeah, you just mentioned uh, the WWE UK tournament this year, and obviously you made your debut for WWE this year. I mean, you appeared on the UK tours, and you also appeared on 205 Live in a segment with Enzo Amore. I mean, it's obviously massive for you being involved with the biggest wrestling company in the world. I mean, what's your overall experience like uh, with WWE been so far?
5: It's been great, yeah. Um, doing the, the live events in um, Dublin especially. We did Belfast as well, but Dublin especially was a dream come true to wrestling with WWE in a building that I went to go see them when I was like eight years old. Um, it was very, very cool. Um, the, the whole experience this year has been amazing. It's been great and I'm looking forward to more uh, in-ring time in 2018.
3: I mean, on on top of all that, like, you know, debuting for WWE and all these um, great matches you've been having in OTT. I mean, you also debuted for Progress. You had a brutal match with Trent Seven in ICW, and you know many other great moments uh, this year. I mean, what are your, some uh, some of your personal highlights of two
5: thousand and seventeen? Yeah, I think the I think the match with Trent that you mentioned there, where I split my head open, uh, was a big moment as well. Kind of galvanised me a little bit, made people. It got a lot of uh, press online and had a lot of eyes on me, um, so I don't. I probably wouldn't have, you know, <laughs> split myself open again. But I wouldn't change much of it that much. Um, I met a, um, David Starr this year, and we had two matches in two weeks, and I really, really enjoyed both them. I think he's great in the ring. I'd love to get in the ring with him again. Um, what other moments? Doing the National Stadium, I had to miss the, the first stadium show. And I had to watch that from the sidelines, and that was pretty good. But then uh, competing in the other two was a really cool moment as well, especially the last one headlining that with such a stacked card. It was a real honour to be in the main event of that one.
3: Yeah, I recently watched um, yeah the main event of that one, and just uh, the reaction you got from the crowd and everything with your title win was uh, was excellent. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, watching much, that right? match. I mean, um, so we've discussed twenty seventeen. I mean, any goals for two thousand and eighteen? You know, are you just gonna are you a goals sort of guy, I mean, or are you just gonna play it as it comes?
5: Yeah, I used to set myself all these lofty goals and have like a long term plan and stuff. But um, to be honest, with you, that kind of <laughs> gives me anxiety. I don't like thinking about it, so I just set myself loads of short term goals and uh, and work towards them, and then never look too far ahead. So twenty eighteen, I just want to wrestle around the UK as much as possible and maybe do a couple of trips over to the states soon not.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I mean final question wrapping up here. I mean, you seem uh, moving away from uh, wrestling. I mean, you seem to have kick started a bit of a, a new trend with a game that you played with fans via Twitter called uh, Weatherspoon's Rule. Out. I mean, what what happened here? I mean, it really seemed to catch people's imaginations online. Oh
5: man, that happened all by accident. It was it turned into the best day ever. So uh, I've been wrestling for TNT in Liverpool and I had a late flight home at 10 p.m. And obviously, we could go to the hotel at like 12 p.m. So, myself and Jimmy Havoc went to Weatherspoons to have a couple of drinks. So, he gets on the train to go home at like 2 p.m. And I was on Twitter, you know, scrolling away, and somebody mentioned to me that um, they have a Weatherspoons app. And if you mention where, or if you order online, they just—you don't have to get up from your table to go to the bar. They just bring the drink to you. I oh, thought this was great, so I messaged Jimmy, telling him about it. And somebody said, you know, you can do it remotely. Other people can order for you. So I just threw up the table number and where I was at. And thought nothing of it. I was sitting there across from this like fifty-year-old dude who was sharing the table with me. <laughs> and this waitress comes over with a bowl of peas, and she was like, Is, "Did someone order this?" I didn't cop it, and he was like, no, no. And I said, no, no, send her off. Two minutes later, she comes back with two bowls of peas and a side of blue cheese and some fried onions. And I just like, oh, no. <laughs> was like, yeah, that is for me. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, just laughed and just started, like, you know, tucking into them. And next minute, a uh, fried egg by itself comes along. Then a shot of tequila. Then four bottles of pearoni. Then uh, a Jaeger bomb, and it just it kept going for. And I eventually had to explain to your man what, that I wasn't ordering for myself; it was other people, and he just thought it was the funniest thing ever. So the two of us had like a load of drink together and just got ripperingly drunk all day on the kindness of strangers.
3: Excellent. Yeah, I mean uh, that could certainly start a new trend there. I think uh, people putting out that on Twitter and getting uh, a <laughs> you know free drinks and food, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the firms won't mind as long as the money's rolling in. Yeah. <laughs> this is it.
5: Yeah. Well, we had the poor white staff run off their feet.
3: <laughs> I'm not surprised. Well um well Jordan, it's been great to speak to you and um yeah, onwards and upwards for twenty eighteen and uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, speak with us today.
5: My pleasure. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks to Jordan Devlin there. And I think we'll uh, all be heading to our local spoons to to try that trick out and uh, see if we can get <laughs> anyone sending us any food uh, over Twitter. <laughs> um, definitely the biggest lesson, but no, an incredible year for Jordan Devlin. And I think he's a man who we'll be mentioning uh, as the show goes on. Uh, Before we go any further then, uh, we've got some voicemails from friends who've sent things in for us. Uh, Firstly, uh, as we go to our promotion of the year, um, here's the Love the Graps lads and Stephen Louch with their picks for promotion of the year.
6: Oh, that's really kind. I can't believe you've given us such a fantastic introduction. We really are the best podcasters on the internet. <laughs> um, th- this is uh, Chris, and I'm here with Alan. Hiya. Yeah. Uh, from the Love the Graps podcast. Uh, you can check us out wherever podcasts are sold. Um, so, um, our favourite promotion this year. Top promotion of 2017. In Rest In Brit. British wrestling, yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 had a little bit of a conversation about this. Yeah. A little bit of an argument. We had a back and forth argument about. We it. never argue. No, we we're quite often we on the debate. same page. Yeah, it never comes to fisticuffs with us, no, does it? No, there's because, no brouhaha. Because I could have you, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, I'm, I, big, I'm bigger, aren't I?
7: I have received the first four to six weeks of wrestling training.
6: Yeah, but that's fake, isn't it? is not it? I reckon I could beat up any wrestler.
7: <laughs> I I was taught a bit where. It, To to how to deal with an opponent who shoots on you. Yeah. Yeah. Useless. (laughs) Absolutely useless. But anyway, um, our favourite promotion of 2017. Yeah.
6: Well, as I say, we we, we really did talk about this for a little while because there are a lot of different choices. We've been to a lot of shows this year. Yeah. um, Watched a lot of wrestling um, and enjoyed most of it. Yeah. Um, But I think there's one that kind of stands out in terms of... Where they were last year where they are this year. Yeah. Um, and drum, drum roll. Brr- there was a cat in the room. <laughs> um, that's uh, Pro Wrestling Eve. Yeah. The
7: uh, all-female uh, promotion heading out of London.
6: Out of Bethnal Green, London.
7: Yeah, the Resistance Gallery has been their home this year. Yep. Um, for, since about November... 2016. Yeah. I think that's when they first started running there. Yeah. Um, And yeah, they've had a a really good year. They've established themselves as a promotion that are talked about, not always for the right reasons.
6: No, Um, I mean, they have their detractors. Yeah. um, Even, I think, on this podcast. Yep. And our podcast, your podcast. um, You know, I think you've had some mixed feelings towards them.
7: But I think that what they've created by the end of the year is a solid body. Of work, yep. um and I think the project, because it is a kind of project that they're doing there, um they have uh, a bit of an aim, yeah um, wh- more than just putting on wrestling shows um I think it's coming along nicely, it's growing lovely growing
6: lovely, yeah. yeah, um it's a real like I mean you you sort of listen to the people involved, Dan and Emily Reed, uh the Reeds mr and mrs. Reed yep. they um it's a it, it comes across as a sort of real labor of love for them, yeah. Um, They also promote XWA, Mm -hmm. um, which has been going for years and years and years. But you you get the feeling that with Eve, um, it's something a little bit special that they have poured a lot of love into. Not to say that they don't with XWA, but XWA is more of a traditional um, British wrestling show. And they've made a lot of changes (laughs) this year as well. But for years, it's been, you know, it's in the lineage of um FWA isn't it like it comes from that yeah th- you know that that background yeah. um <clears throat> but Eve this year they have they've brought over a lot of japanese talent yep um but they've also put a massive focus on women's wrestling um with talent from up and down the UK
7: yeah i mean you've got bellatrix who do their own thing in Norwich, but as with the WAW Bellatrixing, thing, it is kind of their own thing. They're a bit isolated. You've got PCW uh, Southside who are doing stuff, and beyond that, the bigger promotions are just doing like one match a show, usually featuring the same people. But Eve have got this whole roster of the top women in the UK that they're really pushing and creating new stars as well, yeah. and the likes of Progress and Revolution Pro are picking up on these women that are making impacts with Eve.
6: Yeah. I mean, should we, go, let's go through a few of the people that we've seen um, for Eve over the past year that have really sort of made our year. Yeah. And we'll give some actual shout outs to those people. Um, so I, I think number one, it's somebody that I hadn't seen before this year. No. Nope. And it's really, actually, no, I mean, I saw uh, Eve at the end of last year yep. on the show, the, um, minami toyota show that i went to um but that's sammy jane yeah eve champion Eve champion for the most most of this year yeah um and she's from scotland i think she's done some stuff with icw um she's wrestled a lot in in scotland but she hasn't wrestled loads outside of scotland um i
7: can give her no higher praise and say she reminds me of pete dunn
6: yeah she yeah that i mean that is high praise indeed yeah uh but she's had a great year for, for EVE. Yeah. Um, she's had like a lot of their standout matches. One of the matches I didn't see this year, I went to a lot of EVE shows, yeah. but her match with Debbie Sharp, her former partner, a lot of people have raved about, yeah. and I actually should go out of my way to watch that before the end of the year.
7: Yeah, and then you've got um, Charlie Morgan, yeah. who's the ace of EVE. She won the She Won tournament. Yeah. Um, she's come from nowhere. Really. Uh, Again, one of those girls who was part of the the Norwich thing uh, with Bellatrix, but she's really made strides now and has debuted at Progress. Uh, Nina Samuels, um, who was doing her thing kind of down in London with the Lucha Britannia gang and occasionally EWA um, and Empress Pro in High Wycombe. Uh, But again, has really kind of made a name for herself. Um, Debbie Sharp, Sammy Jane's tag team partner. Um, The the younger ones, uh, Candy Floss. Chikara, um, Laura Matteo. Yeah. It's, um,
6: so those guys all came from the progress sort of school, uh-huh. um, and, and are continuing to sort of build their reputation with yeah. Eve, um, and obviously wrestling elsewhere, but you know, Eve is a place where it's given that focus on ladies who wrestle.
7: Yeah. It's the, they are the focus. They are the center point of it. Um, you've also got a female ring announcer, female referee, um, a kind of female timekeeper in they, a way they've moved the matchmaker. a lot they've
6: moved a lot towards trying to get um women involved in the production as well um and i think that's a really great thing and there are people there's what, what was the um company that's kind of come up in their wake now in london um that have kind of doing burning, something, hearts. burning hearts which i think is based around a school isn't yeah. it um so and and you've seen a lot of the other companies in the uk kind of trying to follow suit a little bit. Yeah. Um, a lot of all women's shows kind of popping up um, from, you know, Progress doing one. Yeah. Uh, Rev Pro are doing their, a lot more women's wrestling on their sort of Mainly their secondary shows, but yeah. um, a lot more. They've just the, had their the first division. Yeah. they just had their first women's match at York Hall.
7: Yeah, PCW are doing their power bomb shells, yeah. um thing, which are going to be live on Powerbomb TV. Yeah.
6: So yeah, and that's not to say that there weren't women's promotions no. before Eve, um, but I think with their success in and let's let's kind of tell it how it is in the wake of um, the Glow TV series. Um, but they they've kind of taken that ball and they've ran with it yeah and they're gonna have a big year next year
7: yeah and uh, i can't wait to see what they do yeah so thanks guys yeah thanks eve and thanks the indie corner yeah
6: thanks for having us uh bye <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> hi this is stephen louch my promotion of 2017 has been target wrestling mostly based in carlisle um target's a great show tickets are £10, you got the option of standing and seating, um, so it's got a really kind of mixed atmosphere, not a family show, it's not a over-18s, and although it's a probably about a 250 capacity venue most of the time, you got a real good mix of wrestlers coming through, so you see Paul London quite regular, Um seen the rise of Josh Terry, you also see Polar Promotions, it's probably... A, Britain's premier tag team, in terms of being a proper tag team, and the response to get there is true babyface heroes, and that's what I really like about the shows as well, is there isn't a, a smart element to it, it is that you cheer the good guys, you boo the bad guys, every match has got a side to it, they've got the local guys, there's a mixture of other guys coming in, and it's just a really enjoyable show, run by good people who look out for you if you make the effort to travel, so it's about 120 miles each way for me, but uh, definitely worth a trip, if you ever fancy trying something new in 2018, And I definitely recommend Target Wrestling as your place to be, so as I said earlier, you've got Polo Promotion, to other tag team champions, uh, regular amongst the Scottish scene, not travel down so much we've got Shady Nattris, um probably their top heel, and and it's probably someone who you could put in the ring against anyone and I definitely think deserves to be booked further wide across next year. So, yeah, 2017 for me and amongst the 6-6 six, six shows I've been to has definitely been Target Wrestling for my most enjoyable experiences. Cheers.
8: And if one day I should become a singer with a Spanish bum who sings for
1: women of great virtue... I'd sing to them with
0: the guitar. Right, we're back. So, promotion of the year for myself. I'm probably going to go a little bit different than the the two clips we just heard there. I'm going to go with Fight Club Pro. Uh, I would say... Fight Club Pro, this year, again, they're a promotion that we're going to talk a lot about uh, on the podcast today. Long gone are the, the days of, of the planet. They started the year in the Fiction Warehouse, and they've moved on to the Starworks Warehouse, which is the best venue in wrestling. So if you want to talk the trajectory of a, of a promotion uh, across a year, then... There's no better example than Fight Club Pro. They've gone from being a a relatively small promotion to being a promotion that's regularly doing 700 people. Um, There are some negatives to Fight Club Pro. The, The booking isn't always ideal. It does feel sometimes like you turn up and they've decided on the booking an hour ago. They've looked Chris Brooks up and down and gone, you know what? we'll make you the world champion and not really thought about <laughs> the fact they've booked him in tag matches for the rest of the year um, but, i mean sure thing... that's your promotion
1: of the
2: year <laughs> <laughs> they are.
0: i'm just being balanced but overall <laughs> when you go to promotion when you go to the shows i don't think there's a better live environment in british wrestling right now i just think yeah. it, it's always a party atmosphere the fact that they have the after party right after probably helps that as well all the wrestlers are so accessible uh you can go and you know meet your favorite stars you can you can just go and it's you see so many i seem to see everybody that i know from british wrestling seems to be there at all the shows now um it's become a really huge thing and like we say constantly on the pro on the podcast who would have thought that we'd spend so much time in wolverhampton but this year it's kind of been the year of wolverhampton so yeah as, as far as growth goes uh for me i've got to give it to fight club pro jp
2: yeah, I've gone with you on this one. Actually, um, I've, I've gone with you on Fight Club Pro, and it's and it's kind of interesting the kind of the rationale because there are, I mean, obviously we're in the middle of a BritRest boom, so there are a number of companies to choose from, and we'll mention some of the kind of honourable mentions at the end. Um, but some of the reasons I went with Fight Fight Club Pro is as you mentioned already the growth um, from the planet from the show that that the first Fight Club Pro that I first fight Club pro show that i went to um the first female at fight club to now i mean you've gone from 150 200 people um basically next to a car park to this yeah. starworks warehouse and the kind of you know it, it's quite fantastic when you go in there for those of you who haven't been you know there's a place where you can buy food and it's like they make a big deal of the three pounder for a can of beer um and it's It is. It's nice. The atmosphere is really good. It's not as, um, you know, people generally keep themselves in order. You're not having to, to, you know, it's a knowledgeable crowd as well. Um, The buzz that's been created, I mean, I think, Mm. you know, without trying to spoil it in terms of some of the cards they've had this year and particularly the the Dream Tag Team Invitational um, as well, but also the work they've done and Joe's mentioned this earlier on in terms of the homegrown talent, someone like, for example, that we haven't mentioned so far, surprisingly in terms of Millie Mackenzie mm. as being somebody who is looking like they're going to be a star. Amari, um, the the guys from Aussie open, Dan Maloney, um, the fact that, you know, you can include the likes of uh, a Chris Brooks, a like a Tyler mm-hmm. Bate, you know, Tyler Bate, Say Pete Dunne to a degree as all, being kind of part of their, their homegrown talent. So
0: all the, all the hot guys seem to be coming from that area don't they? All the buzz yeah. where all, all the, the buzzworthy wrestlers male and female are, are kind of coming from that area in Wolverhampton it's just it's nuts and just to touch on what you said then uh, JP about the, they did the Dream Tag Team Invitational this year that was another big point mm. why I, I chose them myself it's the fact that they seem to do that at the exact right time they booked this big tournament they brought in the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, um, and they they just did it right at the time as they were growing, and I think it's been a big part of the fact that 1,100 people went to go see a Fight Club Pro show, and it feels like yeah. a lot of those people stuck with them as well. So they've been doing all the right things uh, from that perspective as well.
1: I almost feel like you're convincing me here, actually, to change what I've got as <laughs> <is> my choice. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got, Yo. Well, you've made a great argument for Fight Pro. I've got Rev Pro, but mm. I just wanted to add to the Fight for Pro thing as well, with the timing of the um, Dream Tag Team Invitational, because I'd started going to the shows at, uh, right at the start of the year, the fiction, love the fiction. And they kind of timed it in a kind of – they timed the uh, Dream Tag Team Invitational – perfectly but i remember the dream Taxi invitation night one originally it was booked at the fiction and i was thinking oh, i'm going to see kenny omega at the fiction warehouse this is going to be like the greatest night of my life because <laughs> i'm a sad <laughs> bastard <laughs> um i mean obviously you got moved but it, for the best business wise to fight Club pro but I don't know if you remember the next show they were going to go back to the fiction and then there was a bit of um, confusion with the venue. I think the fiction were trying to charge more money after the uh, success of the show at the um, like the Diamond Banqueting Suite across yeah, right, the road. Yeah. So we ended up at the Starworks um, by sheer luck, if anything. So in a way, they've they timed stuff well. They peaked to the right time, but they've also had luck on their side as well. And I think luck being on their side has actually helped them grow that a little bit more. But one of the things that I love about Fight Club Pro is. They've made me prepare after a long week to drive to Wolverhampton and sit through four hours of traffic on a Friday afternoon. Um, and often I'll be leaving the shows at sort of 1, 2 a.m. because we might pop to the after party afterwards. And I think what they have found is an interesting niche where they've said, right, what do people like? They like to come to wrestling, but it's a Friday night that might have been a long week. They might want to drink. Some people that come on a Friday might be staying at a cheap hotel, some will put a club night on as well. And I think that's actually part of the draw, if anything. It's almost like wrestling but a night out combined with the wrestling. 60. So you can kind of get pissed with the wrestlers. You can have a boogie with Tyler Bate, if you fancy that. He always seems to be well up to <laughs> some sort of dance contest. Yeah. Um,
0: you, you mentioned there, Joe, that you, you're sick of the, the drive home. The one sob story I've got from my ears, the first time I went to Fight Club Pro and drove back, got done for speeding on the motorway, didn't I? I was doing uh, there was a temporary oh, fifty and I was doing 60. £200 fine, dropped through my letterbox uh, yesterday. I'm not very happy about that, but Shut worth the up, price for, uh, for Fight Club Pro.
1: Well, as a segue to that, my promotion of the year, Rev Pro, when I drove to the last York Hall cool show, I drove into London, uh, and the congest- and I got caught on the congestion charge by two minutes, and got a £65 fine as well. So The
0: things we you know, do for the wrestling,
1: Yeah, unbelievable, eh? <laughs> um, but yeah, just to go with my choice, which is Rev Pro, um, I've chose Rev Pro over Fight Club Pro, because I just feel, as much as I love the Fight Club Pro shows, I love the... Atmosphere. I love the kind of camaraderie at the shows and the rest of it. Um, I feel more invested in Rev Pro as a promotion, and I feel invested in the storylines. Um, and I feel that they're quite consistent for the most part, not all the time, with their storylines and with the manner in which they often build characters. Um, And I feel like they're the promotion that I started going to British wrestling shows to see. And I've seen them grow this year in an interesting way where they started putting on more consistent cockpit shows, but they started trying to branch out as well. Now for me, the cockpit shows are a real joy each month. They're really easy to get to for me, um, but they're also really good fun. I've never been to a, what I would consider a bad London cockpit show. The standard of wrestling is always really good. Um, and I always think there's almost like a pressure to be good on at those shows because everyone is so close to the ring as well. And if something isn't good, you're going to hear <laughs> it's not good because the crowd is so close to that ring. And it's been a really good way to advance storylines, to build storylines, to bring new characters and to try people out as well. So for me, it's Red Pro. The big shows at times... They've been good, but I don't think they've been as good as they sometimes have been in previous years. I will say that for them. And one issue with them trying to expand around the country is the dwindling kind of numbers they did in Leamington and in Cardiff. So they're trying some different markets. So I appreciate their ambition, but I don't know whether it's worked for them. So as much as I've enjoyed them, I don't know how much of a year it's been for overall growth for them.
2: It's, yeah, that's it's an interesting one that you, you said with that. Just something to, to kind of mention on it as well. When I was working out my favourite matches of the year, the matches I've been to see live, I mean, most of them were Rev Pro. Um, and partly because it's, I imagine it's, it's that dream match factory, isn't it?
1: Well, they've got the dream, the dream. Of what i found is, um, and Martin might want to add something to this as well, because I see that um, he's got Red Pro down as his choice. Spoiler, sorry, Martin. Um <laughs> But at the same time, I feel like they've got a real balance now between the dream match and these kind of more story-driven matches and feuds that we get at the cockpit shows that sometimes carry on on the Portsmouth shows as well. And they've drawn this really fine line between dream matches, cool indie promotion and family promotion for casual fans. And they also do their student shows as well down in Gosport and at Buckland Community Centre in Portsmouth. So I feel like they are thinking about the future constantly as well. They're trying to bring you guys through, and I do think some of the Rev Pro um, Young Lions or trainees, some of the more underrated guys out there at the moment, the likes of Rob Lias, Dan McGee, um, Joshua or Kelly Six as he's known. Curtis Chapman, who we've already mentioned, Zoe Lucas. So there are some really great talents coming through there as well. Um, so I think as a balancing act, there I, I get what they're doing, and I get what they're trying to achieve in the British industry right now.
3: Awesome, Martin. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this was the hardest category for me. I think, um, I hmm. mean. Fight Club Pro, incredible year. O.T.T. have gone from strength to strength and just seem to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It seems, you know, they keep constantly selling out this um, 2,400-seater, you know, arena in Dublin. You know, which is fantastic. But um, weighing it all up. you know, I'd have to say it, it has got to be Red Pro, and just, I'm basically just going to echo a lot of what Joe said. You know, you've got these big super shows in York Hall, and, um, you know, they have super stacked lineups every time, and all the British talent and all the talent from New Japan. But, um, it really has got to be these uh, live cockpit shows that have uh, put them over the edge for me i mean excellent showcase or of new uk talent you know specifically mm. curtis chapman who we've mentioned a lot there he's really grown as a i mean if you start off watching it until january february and look at it now the amount of growth that he's made this year has been fantastic and um i mean not only have they created um you know these sort of like new stars for themselves but um they furthered the storylines on these shows and this has always been a critique of Red pro i've noticed that you know they don't have many stories and things but um, if you're only watching the big york hall shows then uh, you're really really missing out
1: it is a tough one as well because uh, i spoke about my last podcast but sometimes the stories at the cockpit unfortunately aren't transitioning to the york hall show so much Mm. and there is a little bit disconnect between the two audiences i think it's trying to find a way to promote the cockpit shows on vod that little bit more i'm not sure what strategy would be for that. But it would be so good if they were able to connect the dots a little bit more. So that say a match like an Eddie Dennis P. Dunn, which have been built incredibly well over months and months at the cockpit, gets the reaction it really kind of deserves and is earned
2: at a York Hall cool show. It would be nice to kind of see them release um say a couple of cockpit shows a year as free on YouTube, just as a, That's a good something something to just kind of incite people in because but anyone else, has, I mean, I think of it as Mini Budokan. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah mini Sumo Hall, <laughs> just in terms of the layout. Um, but it's, it's fan, you know, it's, it's such a fantastic venue to go and watch wrestling. Um, I know my, my, took my girlfriend to the first wrestling show there, and she actually kind of quite enjoyed it for, for what it was. Um, she didn't get it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: just gonna say I think my main take on the year, just listening to you guys there. I mean, I've been a huge Red Pro fan this year as well. But I think, although they do have the storylines there, a lot of Red Pro's booking is that you get the big dream matches. Um, although yeah, they do do the stuff on the outside of that as well. That was kind of my main critique of Fight Club Pro. I don't know it kind of ties into one of my big takes on the year is that you know it's been so hot and we've got so many big promotions now but yeah. I do sometimes wonder how many of these big dream matches you've got left and you're kind of relying on I think to keep things interesting in a rev pro the booking's been really good this year and hopefully we mm. carry that into 2018 but I think the booking show-to-show stuff I think is going to be really important in 2018 and it kind of brings you to a question that I didn't really want to bring up but I kind of do as well I mean no love for progress is as best promotion this year they they do make the effort in that regard they did do Ali Pali they have announced Wembley for yep. next year is is there an argument for progress to be promotion of the year are we missing it here?
2: No, there, there is definitely. Um, I mean, two of the things that I've noted down for progress to to kind of the arguments for them to be promotion of the year would be purely from a business perspective mm. the fact that they that they're gearing up to run Wembley Arena in 2018, the fact that they they ran and they sold out Ali, Ali Pally, the fact that of all the companies that are kind of spread nationwide they are the ones that that draw the most they they sell out the shows they have i mean you guys were a, a sold out sheffield show in in the middle of a snowstorm and that says a lot for that about them as as a business as well the fact that internationally they're selling out new york um i know the boston show is in a much smaller smaller arena the fact that they'll be the hottest, ti- they were the, one of the hottest tickets for Mania Weekend last year. They will be this year. Well, they were as, the highest attended indie show on the Mania Weekend. Yeah, Oh, no, apart from Ring of Honor, of course. Oh. Sorry. We worked out, I think, as well that, that you know they can end up doing between the Alexandra Palace show and the Wembley Arena show, somewhere in the region of about thirty thousand tickets being sold. Mm. I mean, all said, if you including Super Strong Style sixteen, so I think from a business perspective, it's there. It's just that creatively it's you know as, as as we have seen i think there's been a there's been a real downturn
0: we mentioned 20- it once or twice on the podcast i think i think channel. we've hinted at it
2: um have <laughs> not said too much obviously i mean yeah, go on, i get i get why
1: they need to be in the conversation but at the same time i'm going to make the argument they've got the machine behind it in some way as well so does that put them at a slight advantage how much they're behind them who knows i don't think yeah you know, they want us to know that but at the same time they have had different forms of promotion in and more visibility due to little things like Jim Smallman and John Briley being in the front row at you know the WWE UK tournament as the progress owners and um, little bits and pieces where we see Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates say on WWE TV and them being at um, access as well and that being documented on the wwe website so they have been at a slight yeah. advantage when it comes to this stuff and because of that they've been put in a diff they're in a slightly different position to some of the other
0: promotions i
2: feel mm-hmm.
0: yeah any other honorable mentions
2: um i've got a couple um one of which would be um we've mentioned them before but pro wrestling eve mm-hmm. um Always a kind of always an interesting subject matter for, for us on
0: the show. I love the grapplers put a, a really good argument through for, for pro wrestling. Eve, I think that's although they might not be to to some of our particular taste, it's not a promotion mm-hmm. that I see a lot of. I think the promoters put me off sometimes, but just hearing those yeah. guys talk about the she won and the highlights from this year. Uh, it is a promotion that I'm gonna as the VOD is a lot better now. I'm gonna try and see a lot more of it in 2018.
2: Yeah, and you know and that's something they're going to really need to keep on their toes as well but in terms of it being a big breakthrough year for them and also as well i mean and i think it might have been you martin who who might well have raised the point if there was other companies that had had managed to get the kind of mainstream exposure that they had throughout the throughout the year we would be completely blown away if if progress had ever managed to even get kind of a third of the of the mainstream attention and i think it's also as well for me it's the it's the kind of role they fulfill in within British wrestling as well that, that that I would have them there is the fact that they are a women's only company. And, you know, yes, it's a niche within a niche, but at the same time, there's been, you know, a a fair amount of, of expansion for them as well. You know, obviously building up, as we mentioned before them running your call. Um, and I suppose you've mentioned OTT. The other one I was going to mention, and again, not seen enough of it. Um, WXW um mm-hmm. i feel like i'm personally doing a disservice so i don't see that much i mean, i've got act- i've I, I watched the high spots network um so i've seen the the kind of big cards um like say you know me and joe have said this a few times in terms of possibly the one of the the best commentary teams um for their big shows in in alan coonahan and uh, rico bushido um but also the way that they do um the way that they do business. I mean, it makes me think. God, I wish I knew some German. That makes <laughs> some of this a little bit easier. Um, but the the overall quality, the fact that the the production, the presentation value. We know a few people who've who've gone over there for the shows, and that appears to be getting like becoming a much bigger and bigger event to go to. Sixteen Carat. Um, the fact they run London, and they they do have this um obviously a bit of a, a co-promotion with with progress as well and the you know one of the the matches of the year in in dragon off volta as well um so that they would be the other companies that i would mention and i think with a even a, a hat tip in the way of attack mm-hmm. for kind of being so unique from all of the other promotions i think i think that's that's mm-hmm. worth mentioning yeah they're, they're sort of like almost like the Comedy fodder
1: Within those Sort of like Hot name promotions Aren't yeah. they That you, I can feel like I can sort of Dip in and out of And see bits and pieces And mm-hmm. it's like a Kind of experimental Side project To Fight Club Pro It feels Yes times. Yeah. Sure. One of the things I was going to say as well Is coming to the end of the year It's quite interesting Thinking about promotions That are set up Going into the next year as well Because so you've got Say Rev Programme After them releasing Season tickets with a cockpit Fight Club Pro Releasing season tickets For the Star Wars progress season tickets. Um, you've also got companies like IPWK who are starting up a kind of season ticket um, <clears throat> as well for their shows in Milton Keynes, which I think they're doing once a month as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really great in a way that we've got so many companies that can set up these kind of solid bases going into 2018 to give guys regular work. We might be able to see guys doing this more full-time because of the shows during the week, like, say, IPWK. So I really think that 2017 has been a this is no pun intended, a progressive year for the scene in terms of companies having more solid financial bases on the face of things um, to put on more shows consistently for all the guys to the place to work and for us to have much more wrestling to consume, which as much as I love wrestling, fuck me, it's
0: hard. <laughs> I think that wraps us up nicely for promotion of the year. Then uh, plenty of representation there uh, of the different promotions up and down. Uh, Martin, what have we got up next?
3: Well, I had the chance to speak with one of our uh, breakthrough stars of 2017, Charlie Morgan. I mean, uh, we discussed earlier why um, I think she's uh, had a breakthrough year in 2017. So, uh, yeah, all it's left me to say is enjoy the interview. Okay, we are back, and joining me now is one of the breakout stars of 2017, Charlie Morgan. Charlie, thanks for joining us today.
9: Hello, hello, no problem, my pleasure.
3: Um, so, I mean, as noted at uh, the start of this show, I mean, you've had a real breakout year in 2017. But uh, some people may or may not know you've been wrestling for a number of years now under the name Penelope. But it was a uh, it was in January of this year that you decided to change your name to Charlie Morgan. I mean, what brought on this change of name and uh, and look for you?
9: Um. Yeah. So, a lot of people like have only really started to. Realize who I am this year, and I'm quite surprised when I'm like, Hey, I've been around for five years, don't you know? Um, no way, but um, so yeah, like I've been around, I, I debuted May 2011. I trained for four years, roughly nearly five. I think this is my fifth year, so trained for four years under the name of uh, and wrestled under the name of Penelope for WW The Knights. Um, and I took like a year break. Um, a hiatus as they say I mean when I came back it was quite a rush I knew I wanted to come back but I didn't ha- I, I like I kind of was thinking oh, I'll come back in a few months and then the opportunity uh, um came like much quicker than I expected so I ended up coming back coming back as Penelope still and I knew that I wanted to do something different I knew that I wanted to change something about myself or everything about myself actually Um so I decided that I basically was going to become myself, but much, but a much cooler version than who I actually am. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm, I am like a tomboy. Um, there's part, and like Charlie Morgan is like a tomboy badass kind of thing. Uh, I think sometimes I might like to think that I'm a bit of a badass, or at least <laughs> give off that impression. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually a big, bloody softy. I wanted the look to have a similar look to what I dress like and what I am comfortable in. So, you know, hence, like, the snapbacks and the, the high tops, you know, and um, the baseball jackets. So, like, I'm quite tomboyish. So I do wear things like that occasionally, but, yeah, I can swap and change. And I wanted the name to be unisex, and I had, like, three names that I was going to choose. And it was Charlie, Alex... I can't actually remember the uh, Sam. I think was the one, and uh, mm. there was there was already an Alex, Alex Windsor, and Sam. I just didn't. Yeah, you know, I was looking in the mirror, and I was like, "What? What do I suit?" Because it, the name Penelope definitely didn't give the reflection of of what I look like. You know, if you think of Penelope, and the appearance of myself just didn't match.
5: Yeah.
9: Um, so I decided with Charlie, and it was between Morgan and Matthews. And I felt there like was already like a the Cole Matthews, and I, and, uh, I felt like um, Morgan suited me better and rolled off the tongue better, like Charlie Morgan. And when I first started saying it, I was like, "Sounds a bit strange," but now because it's because I've kind of built up something, it just sounds much cooler than when I first originally put it together, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, and then one thing led to another, and you know, work for one promotion, they see you, work for another, and then you start to build up this character that you get a lot more comfortable with. And still, as you know, each wrestling show goes by, and I'm wrestling as Charlie Morgan, I'm still learning more about the characters as we go, so...
3: Oh yeah that's really interesting yeah and like you say I suppose it's only been under a year hasn't it since you uh, made the change so I suppose you are going to be developing it as uh, the months and years progress and I mean you made a number of debuts under your new name I mean most notably for uh, Pro Wrestling Eve who've been making quite a lot of noise you know they've been gaining a lot of mainstream attention I mean how was it debuting for Eve earlier this year? Yeah
9: the debut was amazing but uh, so I only debuted this year in 2017 and in 2012 when I'd only been in the business a year yeah young naive Penelope went to this you know got booked for Southside for the first time and, and it was my first show outside WAW and Dan Reed was there and it was my first meeting with Dan Reed and I wrestled um alpha female in just like a yeah, five minute match you know mm-hmm. one of those matches and um you know just basic face you know there wasn't too much about me at that time you know i was still young and learning business and Dan Reed come up to me and said I'm not too sure what your character is is about here like mm-hmm. can you explain it to me and I didn't really know what to say back and uh, you know he was just giving me advice and just saying like you know like you've got to really find a character that you're comfortable with and at the time I really took it to heart and walked away thinking like well he was a douche. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just was like, oh, thanks. And, and I remember him saying to me, you know, this might really make sense right now, but in years to come, it'll all make sense. Yeah. And he, like, he couldn't have been more right. <laughs> and I tell him now, like, oh, you're, yeah, you were right. I think Rhea, it was Rhea O'Reilly, actually, who kept saying to Dan, um, okay, so Penelope is no longer Penelope. She's Charlie Morgan. I think you should give her a shot. I think he was eventually like, okay, then, like, you know, there's something different about this Charlie Morgan. I'll give her a shot and I'll put her against the two, you know, arguably the best that Europe, uh, or internationally have to offer. And that was Chris Kay and Kaylee Ray. And he basically, would, like, hang with them, then she, she'll be put together. And after he came up to me and just kind of shook my hand and was like, yeah. <laughs> so you they basically banked more EVE bookings and one thing just led to another and I have made a bit more of an impact than I ever thought I would.
3: I mean, you just mentioned your one of your matches with Kaylee Ray then. I mean, that gained a lot of attention. You had an absolutely brutal match at the EVE Babes with the Power Show in May and, I mean, you brawled all over the Resistance Gallery and even outside the venue. And I mean, memories of this uh, match against Kaylee Ray, I mean, we going all out to uh have such a brutal match or did it just kind of go as the match went on
9: when i turned up to the venue and met kaylee i i've known kaylee for years and kaylee's actually someone especially when i first got into the business i wanted to be just just as big as what kaylee was when i first started i, mean, I wanted to go over where she was going and she's an absolutely amazing like worker as well so and we have similar styles i mean like there was something about her that I just wanted to work there, and it took me five years <laughs> to get the Rivers to wrestle Ray. Anyway, so you yeah, know, I turned up to the venue and I was like, "Right, I'm finally wrestling you." We were both like really buzzing to wrestle each other as well because she knew that I could like, pretty much like hang in there with her and do similar stuff to her. You know, she's. Um, labelled like the hardcore daredevil one, and I'm like you know fearless so yeah we both have similar attitudes and like repertoires and stuff so we knew that we could do something cool and a bit different to maybe the other girls on the roster so she was like hey let's just go crazy it's your debut no one's seen you before and I was like yeah I like the sound of that we went outside like you said I jumped off the car I think um I don't even know whose car it was <laughs> sorry yeah. about that you know, we went all over the Resistance Gallery, and then when it got announced that we were wrestling again, um, at she won. The hype was so cool because they remembered the first debut. So yeah, it was it was really cool to think that my debut at Eve got such a massive reaction. I didn't, I really just didn't expect any of it. To be fair.
3: I mean, you were—you made a miraculous recovery from your injury in uh, in September and made uh, a debut uh, for two of the biggest promotions in the UK, uh, Red Pro and Progress. I mean, how did it come about uh, de- making your debut for these two in a, a matter of months? <laughs>
9: um, I think they just had, you know, they had rumblings from the from the from Eve, the impact I had at Eve. I'd also been trying to, you know, get myself out there as well. Um and I like said, like, hey, like I'm available, like I'm gonna come back. And actually Rev Pro we were, we were trying to arrange uh, bookings for Rev Pro before I broke my collarbone. Mm. So then we obviously just rescheduled it for when I was due to come back. And then Progress, um geez, I must a messaged, messaged email progress like when I was, you know, uh, Penelope like years ago and they just emailed me and was like hey are you free on this day and I was like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm free on that day and this this was actually that was actually my return to the ring slash debut it was all in one this progress debut slash return was scheduled before I was actually due to come back I was gonna have another month off but right. I was like uh I'll just come back now
5: yeah
3: <laughs> moving towards uh the end of the year i mean you mentioned the she won a couple of times you took part in it and eventually won the uh two-day tournament for eve in november i mean it was four matches over two days and the final was absolutely fantastic i thought obviously they played off your injury from earlier in the year and you were taken out of the match only to come back with a huge dive from the balcony in the resistance gallery and uh and winning it you got uh, an um, enormous reaction i mean that must have felt amazing you had such uh great matches with people such as nicole matthews on on the road to it i mean that must have been um Grueling, but also uh, really satisfying winning the whole tournament. Oh,
9: it was, I literally can't even put the whole weekend into words. It was so emotional and overwhelming. I was honoured and privileged to even step foot in the room with these girls, uh, let alone, you know, win the whole tournament. When Dan told me, I think I might have had a bit of a tear in my eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, to me, like, I'm just this, you know, still this six-year-old kid that has this dream that just, you know, I just want to wrestle, like, as much as I can. And I'm just trying to do this thing that I love doing. And to be successful at it, like, at the same time and for people to take notice of me and what I do, like, it's just an absolute honor. Um, so, yeah, the oh, oh, my gosh, like, the reaction... I actually said to Dan, like, before, like, what if I didn't get the reaction that I hoped for? And he looked at me like I was stupid and was like, you will. (laughs) And still, like, the reaction that I got, like, watching it back on Eve Demand, like, it's still, like, like, I still went up sometimes. Like, like, watching it back for the first time, I welled up watching it because I just am so, like, in awe of how much and how many people were behind me and I was just shocked like so many people come up to me after the match and was like I cried when you won to know that like so many people are emotionally vested in, in me yeah. and, or in Charlie Morgan like it's just I couldn't ask for 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 anything better really like it's just uh, yeah very humbling and um I actually, I don't know if you actually, I don't know if you can tell or what, but I'm like crying like a baby as well when I win, because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just obviously like the overwhelming reaction. It, for me, it was everything. Like it was coming back from this horrific injury that I actually thought was going to do me for good. Yeah, there the, was the a horrible emotional like roller coaster to get to where I got to. It was the five year journey that it took me to get noticed by anyone and the hard work that you know that, that got me here. Um and just for someone to give me a chance. And not only that, but actually believe that I'm halfway decent at what I do. Um and you know, and then to drop it off, yeah, I had my family there, which you know obviously made it made it emotional for me if family was there. Um and I think I was crying because I probably was in so much pain, and it was over. Yeah. grueling <laughs> <Just laughs> matches and uh, and Kaylee raised bloody chops, and you know, like four matches is pretty intense. And they weren't just walk through the park matches; they were like full on, like jumping off balconies and swinging off stairways. Mm. Uh, cases and suicide dives and super kicks and they, they weren't just a, it wasn't just a bit of chain wrestling
3: <laughs> exactly well fantastic yeah, and we definitely look forward to seeing more of you in 2018 and uh, thanks for joining us today we really appreciate you taking the time out
9: oh my pleasure no problem thank you very much for um for having me and thank you for for listening to um to what i have to say Beautiful. thank you
3: So thanks to uh, Charlie for taking the time to speak with us then. And we're moving on to our final category for uh, this episode. Match of the year. I mean, before we discuss our picks for who's had uh, the best match of 2017, um, we've been sending some uh, more voicemails. Uh, Alan for Alan, and Sarah, uh, Claire Warden, Melanie Price, and uh, Dave Green have all sent us uh, picks for match of the year.
10: Hello Indie Corner Wrestling fans. I am Alan Forel and I am joined by Sarah Forel. Hello. <laughs> I'm surprised you let me away. I thought I was going to get guff for uh, for just pushing my nickname on you. But uh, nickname, handle, whatever you want to call it. But we are here. Hi JP. Hi JP. You sound man. Yeah.
8: Sound Waterford man.
10: We are here. To uh, let you listeners know uh, what we feel were some of the best British and European wrestling matches this year. And uh, fortunately, we both have the exact same number one, far and away. Our number one match is the 16 Carat 2017 final. Is that not right, sir?
8: That's correct. We were there in the Turbinenhalle for the three days of the tournament, um, like we have been for the last few years. And this match was just something else. I, Who
10: was in this match, Sarah?
8: It was Wal- Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. I was standing ringside, and I think it was the most incredible match I've ever seen live, um, which covers quite a bit of ground.
10: A lot of uh, shows in Waterford featuring the likes <laughs> of Red Vinny and uh, Shima and Dragon Kid. Not just... And Kid Cash.
8: Not just in Waterford. I guess it was better than every match that happened in Waterford. Um, (laughs) It's either the best match I've seen live or the best match I've seen live since Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, which is high praise.
11: You
10: were a both Undertaker and Shawn Michaels match. No, no, sorry. You were at Undertaker Triple H. Uh, Cal Nacell. That's the one. The other <laughs> one you're at. But you were at the the original Undertaker Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So, yes, you have seen some spectacles. I've seen, I've seen
8: some things.
10: You've seen some things. I've seen some things. As have I. I have seen some great professional wrestling matches. I have seen some great professional wrestling matches in the and Halle. But this was the best. Walter and Ilya just took things to another level. Ilya having to survive in there with the biggest bear of them all, take his best shots, keep on coming, keep on standing, keep on firing back until he eventually felled the bear, took him down with the Torpedo Moscow, which I was lucky enough to be able to call on commentary, and I don't think I'll ever have a a greater moment as a commentator than calling Torpedo Moscow for Ilya to win the 16 car 2017 so that's our number one Sarah but uh we got some other ones that uh, I suppose worth mentioning uh your I suppose 1A or second favorite match was
8: um I'm gonna go with David Starr versus Jordan Devlin from OTT in the in the Tivoli theater um i just thought this match was incredible the crowd were almost completely cold on david Starr. they didn't know who he was but he came in and those two had an incredible match and i just really want to see them wrestle again
10: and Starr won the crowd over by the end he had them in absolutely. the palm of his hand. absolutely yeah it was it was really good it definitely one of the best jordan matches if not the best jordan match of his run as the import killer in ott this year um I'm going to go with uh, a match from Fight Club Pro on I believe it was the 15th, 15th or 16th of April Uh, this was day two of the Dream Tag Team Invitational but this was not a tag team match this was a singles encounter I believe the opener of the show in Manchester and it saw Zack Sabre Jr. who didn't spend a lot of time in Europe this year of course moving to America earlier in the year but. On one of his trips back home, he wrestled Helico, who we will be seeing a lot in Europe next year as he's moving to Spain, and I hope we see a rematch of this, because this was incredible. The uh, British, um, hammerlock, uh, Noah Dojo, cross-blend style of Zack Sabre Jr. versus the Yave style that... Uh, uh, negro navarro style Helico, and for me the wrestling grappling nerd that i am this was just the best sprinkle in a, bit, a little bit of a shitheadedness a little bit of aggressiveness and uh, it got even better this was an incredible match Some, one that's really under the radar i think with people go out of your way to see it if you haven't seen it already and uh, I, I, i will just mention because it was going to be my other pick until i decided on this one but since it happened the same night, which I think is just a, a cool coincidence, over on the other side of the pond where we were at the National Stadium, we were actually at Fight Club Pro on the Friday night, came back to Ireland on the Saturday night for Scrapper Mania. And what was happening in the ring in Dublin, while Zach and Angelico were killing each other in England, was a match between the lads from the flats and the Kings of the North, a three versus three match with tag team titles on the line, and it was just so much fun. Like this was old school Southern tag Heath and just the intensity and just the willingness of everyone getting behind Patty Morrow as he put on just this great one man show of selling just baby face underdog performance. He was Ricky Morton. He was Robert Gibson. He was bobby fulton he was tommy rogers he was lighting it up <laughs> paddy was amazing in this thing and uh that match was a yeah, hell of a lot of fun
8: it absolutely was that was the first time ott ran the stadium and at the time we thought that it was like a one-shot deal or maybe going to be a once a year thing since then they've run it twice again but like the first one just felt so big and so special and it was like it was three on three, three Irish guys against three Irish guys, which is, at the time, OTT again have changed. They are pushing the Irish guys, but at the time, not so much. And to have those guys go in and absolutely kill it that night. Um, as I said, Paddy M, who came back from retirement briefly this year or maybe last year, but he only last le- less, less than a year before um, packing in again. But wow, what a run he had when he, when he came back for that short time.
10: Yeah, he delivered every single night, but... Uh Yeah, um, Those are our matches Lots of other great ones We saw many great matches In England, in Ireland, in Germany Any other countries in Europe did we see wrestling? You saw saw a match in Northern Ireland Northern Ireland, yeah yeah. Uh, Pete
8: Dunne versus Mark Andrews It was quite good Um,
10: Uh, So yeah, lots of great wrestling we saw And uh, those are some of our faves So happy Christmas everyone Happy Christmas Bye
9: Hello Melanie Price here and for my UK match of the year I'm gonna take it way back to February GPW Grand Pro Wrestling back with a bang where it was Dylan Roberts the champion versus Ashton Smith in the main event basically it was just everything a main event should be well paced told a great story so many dramatic near falls that had me out of my seat And, of course, you can't have a super epic main event without a ref bump. I just absolutely loved it. And I really hope to see a lot more of both those guys in 2018 because they're just both amazing wrestlers. Merry Christmas, guys, and Happy New Year, and let's hope to a lot more wrestling and top shows in 2018. My name's Claire Warden and I'm the co-editor of the book Performance and Professional Wrestling and I'm part of Wrestling Resurgence, a project to study the performances and history of British Pro Wrestling. We had our first show
0: in Leicester in November. My match of the year was Zack Sabre Jr versus the villain Marty Skull at Progress Chapter 55 at the Ali Pally. It just had everything I love about British Pro Wrestling. Massive crowd pop when Skull was revealed as Zack's opponent, loads of history behind the match, former
9: tag team partners, um, the fighting at Progress Chapter 1. Great in match flow with some really epic counter-attacking moves and a final beautiful show of respect from Zach to Marty and
8: Marty to Progress as a company and the fans back to Marty. It was just a perfect match from
0: two
11: of Britain's best. Hello there. This is Dave Green on British Wrestling Spotlight. I've been asked very kindly by Benno to give you my opinion for match of the year in British Wrestling in 2017. Uh, if you'll indulge me, I can't quite narrow it down to just one, so I've picked three matches that I saw in, uh, in British Wrestling this year, and uh, I would like to sub- submit them for consideration for match of the year. So, my first first of the three comes from progress wrestling way back in february i believe it's chapter 43 and it was a tag team match uh, between two teams that i don't think anyone was really sure how to react to for this one seeing as they're essentially both bad guy teams it was a team of travis banks and tk cooper the south pacific power trip versus Ringkampf, uh, volta and axel Dieter jr and this turned out to be an incredibly great tag match full of great false finishes really funny moments as well with TKK trying to chop Volta and just failing miserably when he just got chopped back hellaciously as we all know Volta can do and uh, even Dahlia Black taking a ridiculously hard kick from Volta off the apron at one point uh, shenanigans are plenty in this one as well but it, just for the reaction that the crowd gave this match and the standing ovation that Ringkampf got afterwards even though they were on the losing end of things uh, there that definitely was uh, my favourite Uh, Tag match of the year without doubt, and I think progress is uh, finest match this year as well, Uh, at least the ones I saw live. Second match I'm going to bring up for consideration here comes from Fight Club Pro from one of their London shows this year, Capital Cock Knocker 2, and it is the match pitting Mark Haskins challenging Shane Strickland for the CZW Championship. Uh, This was a match I was looking forward to, uh, but I didn't know how good it was going to end up being. real slow burner, lots of really great technical exchanges at the beginning and just kept building and building and building to high impact after high impact. And uh, when Strickland won in the end, it wasn't a definite thing in the end. I think whenever uh, a foreign title is put on the line randomly in a British event, sometimes we had the opinion of, oh, well, we know who's going to win now. Haskins really made a lot of people believe he was going to walk out. With the title uh, at one point, so I definitely would consider that one of my favourite matches this, this year, without doubt. Uh, so uh, Strickland versus Haskins from Capital Knocker Two for Fight Club Pro, and my third one I'd like to put forward for match of the year uh, came from the XWA uh, from one of their exclusive series shows in the middle of the year. Uh, it was uh, the big man Keith Lee, who I think probably is everyone's favourite US import from this year, uh, versus Daisuke Sakamoto. Uh, this was. As I said, it was uh, from the XWA exclusive series from the Resistance Gallery in Bethnal Green. So we were very up close to this heavyweight clash and they just absolutely tore it apart. Uh, This was, at the time, my first time seeing Keith Lee live and certainly the first time I'd ever seen Daisuke Sekimoto live. And I wasn't that familiar with him either. I'm by no means a Japanese wrestling expert. So this really blew me away Sakamoto's power in throwing Keithley around for different things like vertical suplexes and his final Burning Hammer style finish which was just unbelievable uh, to see live and also Keith Lee's agility I think we all know how agile the guy is just him doing moonsaults that close up to you was an incredible thing to see so um, for the high impact nature of that one and the fact that it's the only match where I felt compelled to shout match of the year and get a chance of match of the year started um, so yeah, for that, definitely, I think, is due consideration. So those are my three. South Pacific Power Trip versus Ringkampf. Haskins versus Strickland and Lee versus Sakamoto and they were my matches of the year which I got to see all of them live which is fantastic so thanks very much uh, Benno for letting me uh, do this little ramble and uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter it's at uh, DeGreno and uh, if my handle sounds familiar and you follow the Indie Corner on Twitter as well I regularly do show reports and results as they happen from there as do many other people but um, uh, I do quite enjoy those, uh, those experiences and uh, hope you'll follow me uh, through that as well so I uh, will hopefully see you for some good Brit Rest in 2018 and uh, good all the best to Ben and the guys for putting on a top quality podcast uh, throughout this entire year. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.
3: So, thanks to everyone for sending those in, and uh, certainly some interesting picks there. And uh, now on to what we've uh, picked as our match of uh, 2017. And um, I found this uh, even harder than promotion of the year. I mean, there's been so many amazing matches on our show this year, and also uh, worldwide involving a British talent. But I don't know if it's um, because it happened so recently, but having rewatched a number of matches from the year, I had to pick Zack Sabre Jr. v. Will Ospreay from... Uh, Red Pro's Global Wars night two, and um, I mean this was two of the best Britain have got to offer firing on all cylinders I mean it um, played a lot on their uh, previous matches that they've had in Red Pro and um, you know Will Ospreay coming up short every time and um, thought the, the transitions and it were perfect both men, men being able to counter each other and um, fantastic build up to the end stretch where you actually believed Will was finally going to get the victory over Zach and um, the crowd were on the edge of the seats and so was I watching this at home and I mean just a perfect match between two of the best wrestlers in the world, I thought. And, um, yeah, certainly um, hard not to pick this as a, my match of the year. And, um, I mean, JP, what what was your match of the
2: year? Well, funny enough, that one was one of the ones that was really highly up in the thought. I mean, there was, from that Global Wars, I mean, but there was that one. There was the Ishii Keith Lee. Um, the one I've gone with... Um, I suppose it's slightly different because it wasn't a match that actually took part in the UK, and that is Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne at NXT Takeover Chicago, mm-hmm. um, which I mean that's something we're going to going to come <laughs> back to in, in at, at, during uh, during the shows that we're going to be making for for the end of the year. Um, absolutely phenomenal! I, mean, I remember just watching it and being just gripped from beginning to end. Um, watched it again. In preparation for this show, just to kind of remind myself how great this was. I know, Joe, you did as well. Yeah, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I'm completely with you. As far as uh, I know, it didn't
1: take place in the UK, but I think this encapsulates and represents so much of what the UK scene has been able to establish and bring to the, the sort of the wrestling world this year, if anything. When you're hearing sort of 10,000 people in. Chicago, chant UK. Uh, a 20 year old kid from Dudley and a what's Pete Dunn at the time? 23 year old guy from Birmingham. Yeah. You know, they should have been chanting UK. Maybe they should have just been chanting Midlands um, <laughs> or Black Country or something. Yeah, just absolutely amazing. And it, Pete Dunn's reaction at the end of the match just sums up everything about this match. It was a an incredible match that encapsulated a moment, if anything, and. Yeah, uh, every, everything in the match counts, everything matters, it's constructed in a really kind of smart, and intelligent way, it's not as if Tyler Bate comes out of it looking like a slouch, he looked like a made man after this as well, just an incredible match that did both guys, so many favours, but also did the UK scene. A, a number of favours as well but so many eyes I'm sure upon what was going on on these shores
0: that's it I mean we've we've said some of the negatives of uh, WWE UK over the year on, on both mm. podcasts but I think with the, the one major positive has been that exposure the fact that people are seeing how good beaten done are and okay it's a controversial one to to say it's Brit Rez but it's two Brit Rez guys so if you ask me it's, yeah. it's as Brit Rez as some of the other matches we're going to talk about that seem to feature a lot of imports um, it goes back to that fuzzy line I mentioned earlier, but Bait and Dunn is just a match that I've seen on so many people's match of the year lists worldwide, not just in England. The the two men who've considered that you know a full year of WWE matches with all these highly paid megastars, and it's two of our guys who who seem to be up there that that people really really enjoyed, and yeah, I, I definitely consider it too.
1: For me as well, I've mentioned the Pete Dunton Tyler Bait match, but I'm, I'm torn if I'm honest. If if I'm choosing a match between two UK guys, it's Pete Dunmer to Tyler Bate, mm. choosing a match that took place on these shores. I was so close uh, between choosing between Osprey and Zach from Global Wars Night 2, but I think Ishii versus Keith Lee just trumps it because as a live experience, this was something else. Um, York call going absolutely crazy in the palm of Ishii's hand. Like I've always known how good Ishii was, but I didn't realise he was quite this good. Like his work at this match, the way he played and toyed with the crowd, his timing was insane. That, not to you know give Keith Lee um, sort of a disservice in the match as well. He was absolutely brilliant in the match. He sort of brought a nice bit of agility to the match at certain points. His drop kick meant more than I've seen a drop kick mean outside of an Acarda match in a long time. The way that just simple moves meant so much in this match and were worked into the match. It was absolutely amazing. Um, for me, if we had to choose an import match of the year, by far this match. Um, I remember last, the year before, Chris Hero and Keith Lee – no, sorry, Chris Hero and Ishii at Global Wars had an incredible match. And I don't know if this one trumps that one, to be honest. I think it might do. And Ishii's welcome there any time he wants because he brings the work rate. Right. Some of the Japanese guys have come over, like, say, your Tanahashi's and your who I love to bits – But they, you know, not seen it as necessarily a night off, but they've not gone for it. Ishii was out there as if he had something to prove. And, yeah, the more Ishii comes back, the more pleased I'm going to be, that's for sure. It was worth the £65 fine. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, for me, then just to wrap it up on match of the year. I mean, just listening to the clips that played us in there, Volta Dragonov was one that definitely was, again, I've seen a limited amount of WXW this year. I think that's definitely something we should all make an attempt to change next year. Uh, yeah. but that, that was definitely up there for me. Um, Dave Green mentioned the South Pacific power trip and ring camp match from progress yep. and that that felt like a star making match for me for TK Cooper uh, that was the match mm-hmm. where it was I mean he's had an unfortunate year because of injuries but it felt like such a big match for him and it was part of turning uh, that team babyface and, and set up a, a great year well what was planned to be a great year for them in progress so yeah Walter is, is all over our, our lists and our, our guests lists but yeah for me going back to, to what Martin said at the start Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay at Global Wars I thought my match of the year list was all sewn up I had a, a good top 10 go and then they went and pulled that match out and it was a show where i was going in on a weekend i was going in where the big match for me was ishii and keith lee and then on night two Zack sabre and osprey just pulled something really special out the, out the bag and you know yeah. as martin said the story was there the chemistry is there between the two it's the best zach sabre jr it's the evil cranking will osprey's neck and doing all kinds of mean stuff to will osprey and not allowing Will Osprey to hit his flying offense, and that's the other big thing with that match. It was just the psychology was there as well. I mean, I, yep. it drives me mad when you hear people talk about Will Osprey sometimes as if he's just a guy doing flips. He's not. He knows oh, what he's doing. No. And that was a match that that absolutely proved it. I was pulling my hair out watching uh, Ring of Honor's final battle. As they called him a, a hot prospect, um, I'm not so oh, sure. Oh man, that to me things. that
1: sums up ring, current Ring of Honor delights
0: <laughs> so much. It does. But you know, for, for he, he is in the. Top, you know, we're going to talk on him plenty on, on part two of our shows is he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and this showed it and Zack Sabre is one of the best wrestlers in the world as well And it was just a great example timely as well coming right at the end of the year um, two guys who maybe haven't spent a huge amount of time on these shows uh, I know that I think they've both, somebody put a statistic up on the, on the UK fan forum that they've, it looks like less than 15, 50% of their matches have took place on, on UK shores this year, which is great for both of them, but the times that they have been here, they've, they've both shined and this was a perfect example of that, just for me, the, the absolute match of the year.
1: Have you seen their other matches in Red Pro previously as well?
0: Yeah, them and the, the match they had in, was it Evolve or was it the WWN Super Show at WrestleMania last year? Uh, I, yeah, I think a, it was Evolve. Yeah, it was Evolve and that was my match of the year last year as well. It's just something about them, isn't it? They bring out bring the mm-hmm. absolute best in each other.
1: Yeah, and what they've done as well is in Red Pro, it seems like they've worked out a really clear kind of storyline um, mm-hmm. where each match builds upon the next match between them and everything plays into that next match as well. So this one plays really well for the match then, London Cockpit, in, I think, February 2016. Um, and the the ending of the match was mm. the exact same ending as well. And it's little things like that. It reminds sort of 90s All Japan booking, where they're throwing in things that have happened previously in these yeah. little references. And mm. while everyone might not get them, for those that do get they them, do. it makes that match that a little bit extra special as well.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the finish was it was it was Zach Saber going for all kinds of submissions before he finally locked in. It's like a cattle mutilation type looking thing, isn't it? But it seems to be the Osprey's Kryptonite. Although Osprey does seem to lose a lot of matches. That's one uh, critique I've got. But yeah, an excellent <clears throat> story show to show and just within the match. So I'd highly recommend that. Um, anybody else got any uh, other highlights? Any other honourable mentions?
2: I would probably say this was the the year of this. This was the year of the trios match, um, mm. which we had between CCK and British Strong Star. We had those. Um, there are there are so many. There are kind of so many star making performances that that I can that I'm thinking of when when looking at. Um, some of these some of these matches um looking at sort of, sex Smith versus travis banks in progress um i'd like to give a shout out for an absolutely wild six six man between british strong style and kings of the north that wrestle rama and oh, belfast hey. which was and, and i have to say before that we'd said ourselves we wasn't something you know we went over for the weekend and, and kings of the north weren't necessarily an act i'd seen them in progress and had kind of felt somewhat ambivalent but that was great that was absolutely tremendous, and it kind of really made, made sense as well. Yeah, just as Martin said at the, the start of the, um, of the discussion around match of the year, too many matches to go through. I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, we've not even mentioned sort of Devlin Moose.
3: Martin, you were high on that one,
0: weren't you?
2: Oh, that was absolutely fantastic. I think a
3: lot of people were thinking of skipping that one when, you know, either watching it on the VOD or, you know, maybe going for a a piss break in in the thing. But what a (laughs) fantastic match. I mean... You know, all credit to Jordan Devlin there, uh, because Moose is not having matches like that with anybody else, is he? And he was absolutely fantastic. And probably uh, the best gift of the year of uh, Devlin flying him in back into the ring out of the crowd was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I mean, just to mention another match here that um, seems to have been forgotten about by a lot of people, because uh, it was from one of the first shows of the year. I mean, Red Pro live at Cockpit 12 there. Uh, The uh, six-man tag team match that headlined that event where Marty Scale, Pete Dunne, Travis Banks taking on uh, Shane Strickland, Ryan Smile, and Will Ospreay. I mean, what a a fantastic match to uh, kick off Red Pro's uh, 2017, but I feel like a lot of people have uh, forgotten about this one.
1: Yeah, I was there for that one as well, and it was a really unique match and a really great way to kick off the year. Like, Osprey wasn't announced on the show, so he just sort of turned up, and it was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then Travis Banks turned up out of nowhere as well. So, yeah, really sort of got Red Pros 2017 underway and kind of put the stamp on those six-mans. Another match I wanted to mention while we're on the six-mans is, I I obviously spoke a lot of shit on the last show about um, (laughs) the elite, uh but yeah. I think that we need to acknowledge the elite versus British strong style match yeah. as well for what a unique yeah. match it was and what a kind of moment in time it was. And it was a really good match as well. And I think we often forget how good a match that was. The Bucks definitely had their working boots on that night, um, which was nice. Um and it was like peak Kenny Omega, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Riddle Volta series as well shouldn't uh, be mm. forgotten about. That's been a great series, uh, sort of across various companies, progress in the US as well. Um, and the last match as well, the Super Strong Style final between Travis Banks and Tyler Bate, I think yeah. often gets forgotten about. Um, when we spoke to Travis Banks, he told us that that was probably his favourite match this year and his favourite moment of the year. Um, so I think that was a huge personal for him and a really really great match.
0: So I think that's a problem with Super Strong Style that there's so much happening on one weekend that it's a bit like the PWG problem, isn't it? It's great match after great match after great match, and things oh, yeah. don't always stick, do they? I had a couple of the matches on my rundown when I was looking at my top ten, but I found myself even inventing matches that didn't happen. At one point, I had Keith Lee and Jack Cobb <laughs> on my list, and I was thinking to, I went back a Looked up a list. I was like, that match definitely didn't really happen. Uh, I think I'd mistyped, and it. it was supposed to be uh, Travis Banks. But point remains: so much happens at that weekend, doesn't it? That it is hard for it to to hit home, and we're probably doing a, a disservice to some of the great matches. Uh, Joe and JP, you were both live there, weren't you?
2: Oh yeah, and haven't mentioned the the um Jeff Cobb Matt Riddle, um the kind of the best oh, yeah. match that those two have ever had between each other. Um, which was a case, and they, they said it themselves. They'd never, they'd always been kind of restricted on the time that they'd been given at points. And this one, they were like told by, and this is all credit to um, to Progress Letting do have have a great match. And they went out there and they did that, and it completely blew the place apart. It's really bad to me that I forgot
1: that match, considering it was the match of the weekend. One match that um, I absolutely loved, and if you guys have seen it, was the Volta David Star match from the Sixteen Carat Weekend. <laughs> yes. Has anyone seen that
0: match? Yeah, there's like a story they're telling there, isn't there? You just just can't get the better of Ulta, can he, David Star.
1: I've I've only seen that match in a couple of tag matches that have involved him so far. The rest of the the, the interactions are on my list to watch. But the match in uh, the 16-carat if the Dragonov uh, volta match wasn't on the same weekend, I'm sure that match would have got more attention, because it was phenomenal. It's probably Star's best individual performance I've seen in a match as well, um, and it really deserves some attention. Um, I really hope that feud continues, because it seems like they've got a really good thing going there at
0: the moment. Right, uh, any other honourable mentions then for match of the year?
3: Yeah, oh. I mean, you've got to jump in and talk about what culture pro wrestling i mean they didn't have a really good year mm, at all did yeah. they apart from this world cup uh, yeah. tournament that they ran and uh very true will osprey and speedball mike bailey Oof. just had an absolutely fantastic match was it in the semi-finals
0: yeah uh, I was, it, was, it was in manchester i was there live for that one and yeah you're right it was just i didn't think it came across as well on tape that's maybe the one thing that that doubted me making it my number one but it was probably Probably the best live match that I saw this year because there's just something live about speedball and the way his kicks connect and his strikes connect. It just... It, hearing that live in the building just adds an extra thing and it yeah another bow on for Osprey just an absolutely incredible match and yeah that was a strange one wasn't it it was kind of we were all feeling quite positive on, on what culture from that tournament so they've rebranded as Defiant we'll give them a chance um, yeah. but yeah there were, there were a lot of good matches in that I think uh, Osprey and Rey Mysterio had a really good one there as well didn't they
2: yeah. That was yeah, great. Just, quite a cool
1: Osprey-Ricochet match in there that was quite different to their usual match sort of layout as well, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, Steeple-Mike-Bailey is someone we haven't really spoken about, but as an import, he's had some phenomenal matches this year as well yeah. and been really consistent. Another match that really stands out was his match of Ryan Smile uh Pro yeah. in Leamington, which I was at live with JP. Mm-hmm. That was a stunning match and the Bay- oh, Bailey versus Mike Bird an attack as well, well that was another great. really great match like Bailey's a guy who I think goes under the radar a little bit unfortunately that really deserves a bit of uh, some real props this year because he's worked his ass off whenever he's been over here mm
0: absolutely so yeah an embarrassment of riches there then uh, for our match of the year plenty there for if anyone hasn't seen some of those matches plenty of recommendations there for people to, to check out uh, but that pretty much brings us to the end of, of part one we'll be back next week on the 27th for part two uh, in the meantime where can the good people find you guys on twitter
2: uh, lemsip four p's jpgp three e's
3: bushb01 no e's
0: and i'm I'm Vincent richard e we'll be back uh, next week talking best promo best show best moments and the big one best wrestler but in the meantime have a very merry christmas and we'll catch you again next week